Greetings, everyone. Uh, it's Pastor Paul, Stephen Young, back with you uh, for another round of our uh, podcast that uh, we've launched just a few weeks ago. It took us through the final several weeks of Lent. And now on the other side of Easter, uh, we want to continue this opportunity to stay connected with you and hopefully keep you connected with uh, God's Word and opportunities for conversation about some relevant topics uh, that um, relate to the Word of God or uh, perhaps things going on in the world right now, uh, of which we're all um, all too well aware, and that's, that's the direction, in fact, we're going this week. Uh, today and uh, next week, we'll be focusing our conversation for a podcast on uh, issues related to the coronavirus and the experience that we're all uh, mutually sharing right now uh, as each of us, our families and, and our loved ones and everybody around us has somehow been affected by this. So we want to take opportunity to, as uh, simply as Stephen and as Paul, uh, share some of our own thoughts and experiences as well as uh, make some connections back to God's Word and and how we might be able to relate uh, what we're going through to our faith. Uh, so with that being said, we're going to uh, keep things uh, fairly loose this time around and, and just address a few questions and, and see where the conversation leads. Uh, the first question we thought we'd, we'd pose, and uh, you can be thinking about your own input on this, right, as uh, Stephen and I offer ours, is simply this. Um, how has the, the coronavirus affected the average American over the course of the last month or two? Yeah, I want to thank everyone for just joining us um, and as Paul said this is just going to be kind of like a conversation um, so all our listeners are kind of at the table as well um, we would love to hear from you but we're just going to kind of answer really personal um, and uh, just kind of up front and just sharing how we feel and what, what's been affected so <clears throat> without a doubt um, this has definitely have a major effect on Americans long term um, I think like many Americans, many of you, um, all of you listening, this, my thought process has changed on the virus a lot over the last month. And, um, it, it's kind of weird because in life you don't have many moments where one day is drastically different than the next. I mean, you have a few, maybe the death of someone or your marriage or, but something like this, it just kind of overnight just changed. I can remember the day before it all changed, the day after everything kind of changed, and um, this is kind of one of those moments I definitely remember throughout my life. What do you think, Paul? Is it? Yeah, just this idea of a, a new way of life. Um, as Americans, maybe it's just due to us being stuck in, in routines and ruts. Uh, maybe so that we're um, ultimately pretty pretty privileged individuals in a lot of ways, and uh, have a lot of things handed to us, and can come to expect our routines and our day-to-days to, to stay uh, for the most part the same day in and day out. But this idea of, of just everything being flipped upside down, things that our entire lives were automatic, we, we took for granted. Um, the, the idea of the the foundation of those things just being rattled and, and uh, having to see things new and, and think differently about everything that we do, I, I, I certainly believe has shaken a lot of us to our core. Uh, so, you know, what are some of the specific changes that we've seen in people? Yeah, it's, I know for myself, it's even just the little things, just little things like live sports. Um, I follow a lot of sports. My team won the Super Bowl, go Chiefs. And 
this is kind of the, a few weeks after the Super Bowl, you're, everything's really changed. And you just kind of how, see how it affects um, just all the major different industries. And, and I think in America, we really haven't had this sort of um, drastic change in our day-to-day lives. And, and we've seen, there's been conflicts going on around the world for a long time. And, and we see those, and it's always, at least I know from my own mindset, it's, I've kind of always thought, well, it's over there, it's over there, it's over there. And that's kind of how I thought about the virus. I'm like, well, it's over there. It's not really going to come here. It's not going to affect my day-to-day life. I'm just going to do what I do. And just watch it and listen to it on the news. But now it's it's personal. It's it's right here in our backyards now. So it's, it's such a different mindset, at least for me, too. <clears throat> Growing up, I really haven't had this sort of... Um, drastic change to my day-to-day life it, it does recall a lot of um, of 9-11 and remembering that drastic event in our history um, at least for me um, in my life yeah it's a it's a time that we'll all remember and of course as is always the case with those moments you really don't you don't know how to feel about it when you're in the midst of it you don't really appreciate how important of a, a role it's going to play in your life until years later and and you look back and, and you're asked those questions of what was it like for you? Maybe maybe by your, your grandkids or, or uh, just uh, younger generations down the road. What was it like for you to live through the coronavirus? Uh, we all know that that's, that's coming. And uh, right now we're, we're shaping what the answers to that question uh, will be. And in a lot of ways, to be honest, maybe um, I'm a, a bit more skeptical about the human race at times and don't give us enough credit be honest i've been impressed in in some ways as uh, strange as it is to say this that uh, just the human race in general and uh, americans have have responded reacted as well as we have to this i I know that just day-to-day life outside of these strained circumstances is enough to push a lot of people to the edge to make some poor decisions to to uh in in our anxiety and our stress to to put ourselves before others and and to mistreat uh, others or put others at risk Uh, you really haven't seen as much of that as as you might in a in a world that is uh, just blanketed by this this uh, layer of anxiety and stress and, and fear uh, about our, our present and our future right now. You know, I kind of half expected to see uh, riots and, and people just crumbling and doing foolish, ridiculous things. And, of course, there, there's certainly some of that going on. Um, but it, it has, in, in many ways, um, strengthened my my trust in, in the human race and reminded me that there are some strong foundations beneath uh, many of us that are helping carry us through these things. Yeah, and it's <coughs> certainly made... Um, it certainly made personal interaction with other people very different. I, again, it goes back to taking everything for granted because so the other it's probably been a few weeks now um, since they issued wearing masks and I wore a mask into the store <coughs> a few weeks ago and it was certainly quite an experience of and I'm kind of an introvert so and maybe the idea of wearing a mask might have been cool, just kind of almost like a ninja or something. <laughs> but you realize just how awkward it is. Um, it's just it's just very different, and it's something you never really thought would happen. And it, it just it, it's just everyone feels kind of on edge. 
Um, you go into the store, you just don't know who has it, you don't know who doesn't have it. It's this invisible enemy, really, that you're just kind of tiptoeing around and you try to get in and out as quickly as possible. And and there it just seems to be a lot of questions about, do, do I wash every product I have now? Do I... Um, how long can I stay outside? All I mean, it has a lot. It's just really an odd situation because you've never, I've never had this sort of um, experience before, and it's it makes it really, really kind of weird. <laughs> so yeah, maybe it's my quirky sense of humor. But you talk about going into the stores and stuff right now, and when people started wearing the masks, um, uh, you know, more now than than probably don't wear them. You know, I, I wanted to find ways to, to think outside the box and just lessen the tension uh, for folks. So, you know, I had this this uh, probably silly idea of getting myself like an old Lone Ranger type mask, you know, that just covered my eyes and start walking around the store and just to, to, to make people think differently about things and throw them off a little bit. And that's, I guess, just how twisted I am. But, uh, you know, it just there's such a, a heavy sense of, uh, of just pressure and, and heaviness about all of this. And, and for good reason, it's uh, well-deserved. Um, but it is just really bizarre to be out and about and around people right now and and have that feeling of um, you know questioning everybody you know feeling like you can't trust being you know within close proximity to people looking at everybody like they're this this uh, contorted uh, sense of of an enemy that could you know put you at risk it's just a, a really uncomfortable way to go through life um, but I you know I would say in the midst of this I think Stephen and I you know you might agree with me where kind of in the same boat in that um, for the most part we're sitting back and, and watching and praying for and, and uh, feeling anxious for others more than ourselves because uh, there are people you know healthcare workers and others who are are pulled into the, the kind of the front lines uh, role in, in this uh, battle that are living in a much greater sense of anxiety They're always uh, concerned about whether they might uh, be carrying the virus or their family members might get it um, just the pressure when they go into to work to care for others is is heightened. Um, so I trying to keep that sense of uh, respect for those folks, um, even though my my experience of, of this situation is very much different than theirs. Yeah, it's been there's definitely you can see the extremes, and what makes this virus so interesting is that different portions of the states or different portions of America, excuse me, are going through different. So you look at New York, and the virus is really hitting it hard. And and I'm one. I like to keep up with the news. I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I've listened to several podcasts about um, just hearing a one day story of a nurse in New York. Um, and it was really heartbreaking, honestly, to listen what they're going through and seeing the virus um, really on the front lines and just how deadly it is. Um, it, it was really eye-opening to hear that firsthand experience, but it, it's certainly a virus that's affecting Americans differently. Um, and again, if we have, Paul and I have this conversation again in, in two months, three months, it, it could sound very different. Um, that's just kind of how this virus thing has been. It's been changing a lot just daily and weekly. Every day I wake up, you're kind of like, what's happening next? What's the counts? What's I mean? You're always you're looking to the governor. What's what's he going to say next, or what's she going to say next? So it's just 
you're kind of always looking for that information because each situation is just so different. Yeah, some of the more heartbreaking uh, aspects of this are, are knowing personally uh, healthcare workers um, who are in the midst of it and hearing some of their stories, but even more so, like you said, on the news, uh, some of these stories of people that are right in the thick of it in states, locations where it's uh, there are a lot more cases or hearing stories of, of uh, nursing facilities or prisons uh, where uh, the, the virus has swept through and, and infected so many people that it's uh, just a horrific sight. I can't imagine being in the midst of that. But we, you balance that then with the other probably much larger population of, of America that is uh, all of a sudden in this space where, yes, they're anxious and, and they're uncertain about the future uh, and even the present and worried about people around them. But uh, for many of us, uh, many people have been furloughed. Many have seen their hours cut. They're working from home. All of their evening activities, their social uh, plans that they have week in and week out, the things that their kids are active in, everything's been shut down, right? And so all of a sudden, you have this, this whole new reality where you have all this time on your hands and 90% of the options that you used to have to, to put to invest that time into don't exist anymore. And so I think people are experiencing some, some blessings, and I, I don't want to belittle um, all the horrific aspects of this, but I, I think we can genuinely say there's some blessings in this for some individuals who are taking advantage of this new time and opportunity to focus their lives on, on new and different things. I don't know if you've seen as much of that, Stephen, or if you've seen what some people are filling their hours with now or new things they're, they're trying or taking on to try and fill that, that empty space? Yeah, I think one thing, and I've heard this from several news outlets, but I will say that, you know, it, it can be really hard having all the family on top of each other for a long time. <laughs> um, but uh, in, in some ways, I've also heard stories that of fathers or mothers or say, like, I've they work so much they haven't had this sense of intimate time with their son or daughter or um, just with each other as a couple. So, and also I know for myself that um, I've been Skyping my parents a lot more and my girls have seen my parents a lot more Skyping. My, my parents are in Kansas City. I'm originally from Kansas City, Missouri, um, hence why I said go Chiefs. <laughs> so, um, but it, it in a sense it's kind of brought us closer together I've also been talking and calling my dad more and um, he's still out there working um, a nine-to-five and um, and and at the same time as Paul said like it it raises for me personally a level of concern for my own dad because he's he's in the age where he's more at risk and he's still working Um, and that again hits that sense of not taking things for granted anymore as you see just the world the world that you lived in is it's not promised. Um, there's so many things that just aren't promised. Um, so I just really, in that sense, it has been has been a blessing. Um, but one thing I wanna want us to turn gears a little bit is just kind of curious. The question that I have for us is, how does um, how does your faith affect how you see the suffering around the world or um, Paul, you can answer this. How does how do you how does your faith affect how you see the coronavirus? Because as Christians, there's there's definitely it it affects what we see and how we see it. Yeah, there's 
There is no quick or easy answer to that question. Uh, automatically, we're, we're delving really deep um, into theology and and um, a, a question about faith and life uh, that many people have varying opinions on and and are not particularly comfortable discussing sometimes. But that is, you know, why why do we go through pain and suffering in this world? Times of uncertainty. Why would God allow that? Um, and I, I don't know what to attribute this to. I personally, I've I have never struggled uh, a great deal with with picturing a God who could both love us unconditionally and, and pour blessings into us day in and day out, but also allow us to go through difficult times or maybe uh, even, I'm, I'm open to the idea of even uh, initiating in, in, uh, in a loose way, um, us facing some struggles and difficulties. I think there's plenty of precedent for that in, in Scripture um, that will somehow uh, make us stronger, make us healthier, make us uh, more faithful, closer to God on, on the other side. So to me, the, the first place I go is this concept that just in general, coronavirus uh, or you know any other source of, of pain or struggle or difficulty you want to fill in the blank with, uh, there is a reason for it. And of course, different experiences and different sources of pain and struggle are, are going to uh, prompt different responses and maybe um, allow us to, to take on uh, new new learnings and new opportunities to grow in our faith. They're all going to look differently to different reactions. But, you know, in particular, this one, uh, we're all in together. And I think that's unique, right? That, uh, you know, a lot of times when we struggle, when we go through pain and suffering, it's as an individual or maybe at, at the most as a, a family who's lost a loved one or a company who's gone under, you know, or a, a church um, that has uh, lost a, a staff member. You know, we go through these things as individuals or small groups. All of a sudden, for the first time um, in my lifetime, at least on this level, we are, as a world, uh, experiencing the same uh, same source of pain and, and struggle, uncertainty, and, and anxiety. And to me, there's something, I think, unique about that that God is trying to accomplish. I don't know if I put my finger on it yet, but that's part of where my thoughts go with this. Yeah, and I, and I, I think the temptation is, it's always, it, we all question God of why. Um, why has why something like this happened? And, and, and I think, personally, what I hold to is I still believe, um, still fully believe in the love of God for this world, even though we are living in a pandemic and, and people are dying, I I still fully believe in a loving God. One of the main storylines of the Bible is that we're really living in a pandemic of sin, um, and this world has been broken ever since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. Um, and the Bible is very clear that there are things called natural evils, and, and unfortunately a virus is, is a natural evil of the world we live in. Um, we always, for me, I know personally, I, I always keep the cross front and center because it's Jesus Christ who entered our world, living the human life and dying a human death. And Jesus suffered for us, for us all. And um, we're, we know we're not alone in our suffering with Jesus. Jesus, we can't even imagine the suffering that Jesus took upon the cross, the sins of the world upon his shoulders. Um, the suffering in his soul and the suffering that he physically took on the cross. And I know whenever it comes to my life personally, when you kind of question 
Lord, do you love me? I, I just see the shadow of the cross. And that, for me, answers that question that the Lord says, yes, I love you. I suffered for you. And that Jesus knows also what it means to suffer with us because he has suffered. So I, I know there's still many, many, that doesn't answer every question at all. And I know many of us have many other questions, but I know the question of God's love is, is, is not one for me personally. Yeah, fresh on the other side of the Lent season and just uh, having gone through Holy Week together, there's no question we can uh, we can recognize a God who can resonate with our pain and suffering. Uh, anything we've gone through or are going through, He's he has experienced and I think intentionally came into this world in part to experience it. Uh, so that we would never question um, his love for us. But uh, nonetheless, we do, right? Because in moments of pain and, and suffering, uh, we have to ask ourselves, why is God allowing it? It's a natural question. Um, and just a quick breakdown of you know some, some of the reasoning behind why I still trust in a loving God. I think uh, God created us to be in a relationship of love with him, this mutual relationship. He loves us, we love him, right? But love... Uh, can't be love. It's not genuine love if, if it's force. So God could have made us a, a bunch of children who are, are just wired so that our only option is to love him back and serve him and obey him. Uh, but that doesn't make us children. It doesn't make it a relationship of love. It makes us robots, right? So, so God gave us also free will. He loves us and he gives us free will to love him back. Uh, free will means we have the freedom to choose yes to do that or we have the freedom to choose no. And guess what? Anytime we choose not to love God, not to obey God, trust God, there's a possibility um, in, in committing uh, sin and, and choosing uh, things other than God that pain, not more than just a possibility, is a, a, a reality that pain will ensue. Somehow suffering and pain comes on the other side of that. And and so I think when we're asking God to, to both give us free will and also make sure that we never experience pain in this world, we're asking something that's impossible. You might say God uh, is capable of anything. God should be able to do that. Uh, in C.S. Lewis's book, though, The Problem of Pain, a uh, book that I muddled through a few times in, in my 20s because it's really heavy reading. But one of the things I got from it is um, that God can do anything, but he doesn't do nonsense. And it's nonsense to ask him to both uh, give us free will and uh, to experience no pain along the way in our lives. It just doesn't make sense. And uh, it's something that we shouldn't expect of God uh, because it's not part of his plan for us in the first place. Yeah, and I think, um, and it's just digging into scriptures or what what scriptures would Paul and I personally have that influence our faith? Um, and and again, like Paul and I are both human, just like all of you. And though know, though we may be in the ministry, we are also searching and, and seeking God for Amen. answers and Amen. still digging into the Word of God. Yeah. Um, so we both kind of have verses that. I know I know for myself recently this verse has spoken most loudly to me um, and it's John 14 verse 27 John chapter 14 verse 27 it says peace I leave with you my peace I give you I do not give to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid um, these are the words of Jesus to his disciples just before 
um, the moment of the Garden of Gethsemane, and his disciples are afraid, um, and Jesus speaks about his peace. Um, and it is moments at this time where the peace of the world and the peace of Christ really do contrast each other, um, where where the peace of the peace of this world can be more financial, and that if there's no war, then there must be peace. Um, the peace of Christ encompasses that, but it's much deeper, where the peace of Christ is speaking about an internal peace, a wholeness, um, in which, which we're connected with God, a sense of peace in who we are as children of God, and connected with peace, and we know God has a plan for our lives, a peace, a peace that goes much deeper than um, just the absence of conflict. Um, and, and I think this verse for me has really risen to the top and has really spoken to me because we, we live in a time right now where it's very easy to not experience um, the peace of God or not experience any sort of peace. Yeah, I mean, you just hit it on the head, Stephen. Everything that God provides uh, goes so much deeper than what the world offers, uh, peace being one and, and the thing that we're seeking now, uh, perhaps more than ever before, um, the the passage that I was drawn to immediately uh, when thinking about this was Romans 5, uh, a couple of verses. In Romans 5, starting in 3, it says, Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it gets back to the very root of why we're allowed to, to go through suffering in this world, uh, because it, it builds things in us and transforms us in ways that living a, a life of leisure and, and convenience and uh, carefree uh, life simply cannot. So, you know, the the, the sequence, I think, is, is uh, very... Um, powerful here. Suffering leads to perseverance, perseverance to character, character to hope. So when we suffer, um, we recognize our, our need to seek uh, somebody greater than ourselves. We step back, see the big picture, and remember that, oh yeah, there is a God out there uh, who created me and is stronger than me that I should be turning to right now. We gain perseverance from that. And then having to persevere, it produces in us a character that uh, in us that sees us as, as children. God is God, humbles us, uh, makes us people of integrity, respect, uh, responsibility. And in building that character within us, uh, it, it naturally nurtures this sense of hope um, that now all of a sudden we can see the world through clear eyes. And we see that there's bigger things than just us. Our purpose is greater than just our our day-to-day -day agenda. And uh, we have this hope within us that then drives us uh, to, to be the people that God calls us to be. But it all starts with having endured a, a time of suffering. Uh, so there is a greater purpose to everything that we go through. I truly believe that. And Romans 5 lays it out beautifully. Yes, and, um, and I want to say this in closing as we wrap this up. Um, I completely believe that in some way that God uses trials, as Paul has said, to develop perseverance in our lives. And, and to be honest, I think if most of us are honest, um, we will look to the trials of our lives when it really changed our character. I know for myself, I, I look at different parts of my life. When I was drastically changed was through difficult trials. And that's that's when my strength was faint. Um, my faith was strengthened. That's when 
my character develop more and I sense some more maturity and um, but again it's never it's never never to overlook um, the pain of suffering and the struggle of suffering um, but it is always to look and see the silver lining that the Lord is always with us um, through these moments so in closing I just want to thank everyone for listening Paul and I want to thank everyone for listening and and tuning in and we again we plan to continue this conversation again next week um, to speak about how our faith um, affects how we see the virus and just and just being real person personal and canon canon about canon um, thank you thank yeah. you I'm gonna get a little tongue tied here <laughs> so. but friends uh, a, a word of encouragement real quick uh, before Stephen sounds off for us I, I just want you all um, to know that that my personal experience everything I read in, in scripture I know it's hard to see in the midst of it. But anytime we're put through the fire, something beautiful is created on the other side. Uh, so as you're, you're growing weary with these circumstances or the fear is, is overwhelming you, know that God is still present. God's still on the throne. He's still in control. And he is shaping and forming something beautiful uh, that can be happening on an individual level, can be happening um, for us as a, a church community within our families, even worldwide. He is he is about something big here, and I fully believe um, that we can place our trust in that reality. Something beautiful is going to come of this on the other side. Yes. Thank you. That's a good word, Paul. And with that, um, we're going to tune out, and we hope that you listen again next week. Thank you. Take care.